So we all have a lot of things that hold us back, whether it may be expectations, culture, parents, whatever the case may be. We're hoping to be the space which can allow you to express those thoughts and have whatever conversations you need to. My name is Josue. My name is Idia. And this is Unmuted. Welcome back to episode two of Unmuted. Um, it's not so much of a beautiful day outside, it's very cold. Sure. And I do believe that we call you are supposed to have like good conversations and just put everything on the table. But people normally won't do that. Conversations to warm you up. Yes. The ones <laughs> that make you move on your seat, turn around and look around. So that's exactly what admitted is about, right? Sure. Sure. You already seem uncomfortable. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I'm I'm like, how am I supposed to answer that? Yeah, it's like, okay, yeah, sure. But now when you do that, that really doesn't give room for a conversation. At least chip something in and say, <laughs> yeah, you know, remember it. Yeah, you know, people are supposed to have, you know, hot conversations, you know, on cold days, you know, to, to help heat up the body, you know. Mm. Mm. How yeah. did that make you do it? I actually had to do a meet. You meet? How did people meet? Oh, yeah, it was, uh, it was online, like way back when. <laughs> Back in first, mm. or second, second year? No, it was first. first. No, second. 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 Has to be second. I yeah. actually didn't know you were first year. Well, okay, so I knew... Me. I think I, think I knew of you because of uh, Marie and Priscilla. Yeah. But I didn't really know, know you. It was just like, oh, yeah, our roommate who keeps okay. making noise as she showers. <laughs> yeah, I, I love shouting when I'm showering. One a.m. I do remember you telling me about that. One a.m. is the That was your time. thing. It's the best time to take a bath. One a.m. Ha. It's perfect. It's like a sink between morning and night. Depends though. Cold or hot? Hot. Okay. Okay. Oh, it's not okay. cold. Okay. Yeah. You're okay. But how did Mary and Richard actually become your friends? Like, it was online. Mm. I think it was just proximity, to be honest. It was the, the fact that we were... Well, okay, I was with Priscilla in the same group from year one. Yeah. And the same cohort. So it just carried over into second year. And then we were always in the same, like, the same peer group. So that proximity just made it, like, easy for us to become friends. And then, mm. uh, you know, we just carried that, that on, like, all the way from first year. Long, long time. I think that's how many people are early actually that meet their friends, especially in our batch. Mm -hmm. Like, just peer groups and then peer groups actually trying to meet in person mm -hmm. and then meeting friends, friends, or hearing sounds in the background of different people. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. And now, actually, people have met and like, come on, tell you, this is my very good friend. That's really nice. Who I've never seen. <laughs> True. Who I've never seen before. True. Before we used to prepare and leave the residence, I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm going to meet this person, and it was interesting. I think that that was the weird thing when we when we came back to, to in person. It was yeah. uh, like some people knew what other people looked like, yeah. but then you'd have certain people who are meeting, and it's like, oh, so you're. It's like, what does that mean? But the thing is, people actually met, and met, and met, and then met. So 
it became a, we we just started saying we could date him. True, true. Yeah, and I was like, wow, we were online and people have relationships. Yeah, which is weird because like, how do you form the bond? Like Actually, online. This, this question was like we 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 left at the point where we we're asking, at what point do you tell someone? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, let's start from how does a relationship form online and then we get to that. How you I think you answered that already though. I think it's the I, I I don't think it's necessary for me to give a response because it's the same. Yeah. Just the fact that they're the peer groups and we're talking and maybe due to assignments. Mm-hmm. Or maybe because when we're online, I wanted to see other people's status and know what they are doing. That's low-key why I don't know as well as know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. We all wanted to be in each other's business. I still want to be in each other's business. I like it. You, you are the type. I really enjoy it. You are the type. I, like, I'm not going to come and talk about it to you or talk about it to other people. Mm-hmm. But I just like listening mm-hmm. to what people do. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I didn't know that about him. Like, it's interesting. Yeah. Although I, I think there's... Uh, there's <laughs> yeah. I lost my train of thought. I had a question in mind, but then I just completely forgot about it. So do you wanna do you wanna like jump back into the question of at yeah, that point yeah, like yeah. relationship? Is it you can go just first randomly seeing somebody? Yeah. Go first. I think I like I tend to like strangers more. Because I don't believe that if I get to know you on a different level, I get to know like your goods and bads and I try to how do I put I try to adapt to those things. In a way where I'm compromising, mm-hmm. right? And guys, love does not compromise. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. I think it's supposed to sink in. And if I have to change, you think like, so? Yeah, I think it has to sink in. Why should I change completely? One, like the person I am, just to you know, the right love for you doesn't compromise. I don't compromise for you know. You can see, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I don't compromise for you know. Don't conclude. I don't compromise. Yeah. Yeah. I think okay. I'm gonna provide a, an alternate uh, perspective. Yes, yeah. Not fully, fully. True, people shouldn't necessarily, you know, like fully change because of uh, a love or relationship, whatever the case may be. But I feel like there's still an element of compromise that comes into it, where yeah. Um, for example, if you see someone and um, you feel connected to that person, uh, there's um, okay. I guess it, it's it's an element of I want to keep this person in my life, yeah. And there are certain things that I'm doing which affect them negatively, yes. And so I change those things uh, a little bit. So, for example, if um, I don't know if you're a smoker or a mm-hmm. drinker, and your your partner is not too fond of that. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's something people tend to compromise, and it's not necessarily bad. So I, I don't know. I think you can compromise in love. It, it's just a matter of like, do I really want to keep this person? Mm. But I think that also goes back to like a whole number of questions behind it, right? Mm-hmm. Because you start now, you, you start asking, do you even love yourself in the first place before you even love another person? You get mm. because if you love yourself, I think you wouldn't necessarily be smoking. Not that people <laughs> who smoke don't love themselves. You get, uh-huh. but I just feel like if you be smoking, 
you don't love yourself mm-hmm. because they clearly tell you um, smoking is dangerous, and mm-hmm. that's my that's my take on it. And there are so many other things that we do that are not healthy for ourselves, mm-hmm. and we need to find those things that like are healthy and good for us. Mm-hmm. And I would not. I, I really try these days. I'm really careful about what I think good mm-hmm. and bad because I never really know like what works for you, right? Mm-hmm. And so if it works for you, then there's definitely someone else who you care about that is okay with that thing that works for you. Mm-hmm. So if you're smoking, if you're drinking, or you like clubbing and things like that, and they all work for you, there's definitely someone out there that 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 loves those things as well, or doesn't mm-hmm. exactly have a problem with them. Mm-hmm. And so when you're with that person in a relationship or that person approaches you, it kind of like it's okay. But for me, I don't feel like we're supposed to talk about this. It's from the angle where I'm like, it's basically just your values. Mm-hmm. I really, really hate men with egos. I hate men that have egos. That's like when I mean ego, I mean such a bad ego where you're mm-hmm. just so full of yourself. I mm-hmm. hate it. It turns me off as mm-hmm. much as possible because I can't mm-hmm. even have you as my friend mm-hmm. and you have that much ego. It, it's like every time you take a step close to me, mm-hmm. I think I want to take like five steps away. Because I'm like, in a kind of way, I do know my values. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be associated with someone that has that kind of values, right? Mm-hmm. Because for me, on a basic level, I don't feel that as much as I know certain things, I grew up every day wanting to know more. I realized mm-hmm. that I woke up into certain rooms, I have conversations with certain people about certain topics, and I'm mm-hmm. so blank about it. And I want to be able to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. But if I exist with someone that has that ego, knowing myself, I think I tend to copy character a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. I realize it. I start having that ego as well, and I, nah, I, I can't. Like, I truthfully can't. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's good for me and my energy and the kind of person that I wanna be. You get it. So. Actually, I have a question for you. Yeah. So, you told me about the the kind of guy you, you want to have, right? And I feel like a common trait of theirs is yeah. that they have pretty sizable ego. Nah, not all. Not all. I, th- I do feel like an African man, which I think I've exposed already, is someone who really, really understands values. I'm so big about love and family. Mm-hmm. And a typical family, like typical African man values family. Mm-hmm. And family as per se is not his ego. It's community for him. Right? Mm-hmm. The people that are around, the, the conversations that he has with people, how people see him and mm-hmm. how he is sort of like an inspiration to the other people in the community. Mm-hmm. And I think in Cameroon there's this show called like Bangwa where one person like the, the big brother would go to town and then he takes the rest of the people and you, you see these people grow up and they don't necessarily have ego, right? Mm-hmm. Because they kind of are like a stem and they want to inspire you to know that they have made money. They could, they could go out and eat that money alone, mm-hmm. right? But they thought about you and then they mm-hmm. got you in. So it's the same thing for you to learn when you make money, take the next person. Mm-hmm. You get it. And so I do feel like in our ah, I'm not gonna expose it, but I from afar, one some of the shops I used to really like was the Yoruba. I don't know whether they, they just do fake, but it's people used to say stay away from Yoruba demons. So mm-hmm. Maybe I guess some of my Nigerian friends who are who are Yoruba and they're meant to actually advise me on this. Yeah. Um but I also think it's about environment, the environment that people grew up in. Mm. Like our parental environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I think definitely environment plays a big part in, especially 
like love languages yeah. um even well even to answer the question like um how easily you feel comfortable with, with you know saying i love you to to your partner or to your friends mm-hmm. anyone around you and i think that the problem with i think well at least in my own experience is that um f- family households tend not to be that um open yeah especially you know you know in our settings yeah yeah it doesn't it's not orally open verbally verbally open let me change the word um so what what tends to happen is that you know you now grow up being somewhat closed off and then that becomes hard for you yeah um yeah they don't say it so much because now people get to see so much and then they become vulnerable and all but I do feel like the environments that we grew in really set space for, like what you said, how we love and everything. And I don't know if I can, I can talk about mine as per se in general, but I do feel like it was, environment has such a big role to play in mm-hmm. how we respond to relationships, how we even talk to people, and know when to say I love you and all. But I do feel the greater part of the work is on you. You get, is on you. That's why you find out that some some women grow up and they really look forward to marriage and others don't look forward to marriage. I mean, okay, yeah, I was I was gonna disagree, but then I realized I actually agree. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah. You'll be shocked. I don't like you find people that come from homes where their parents are divorced, mm-hmm. but they still look on to marriage mm-hmm. because now in a, so you have like I think it's a two way thing. Probably you have someone who'll be like. Oh, my parents were divorced, mm-hmm. and well, I turned out well. I didn't have siblings or something, and I'm mm-hmm. going to be that. And you don't exactly feel like you need anybody in this world. Mm-hmm. Why you tell another person who grew up in an environment where um, their parents were divorced, and because of that, they crave, like, they mm-hmm. really feel like they need that amount of love around them. Mm-hmm. And it really just transcends how men disappoint women now a lot. Aish. <laughs> It really just transcends no, how... No, we're, we're going to take this to the, the men of no, trash. <laughs> it was just an aside, guys. It's an aside. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. it's an aside. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like irrespective of where you grew up or what the environment setting was like, whether good or bad, there is, there's just so much that you should look forward to. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think it transcends like to how just being able to know that sometimes the easiest part is the unclear part. Because things mm-hmm. look very easy in front of you and you're taking them and you're picking them. But the truth is not always that easy because now you come back at the end of the day and you're questioning the decisions you have made because they didn't exactly sit right with you from within. Mm-hmm. But the ones that are difficult, I do feel like all of those things, as per se, the home you grew up in, the things you were doing, and everything really just builds you to the kind of story you have at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. To say, oh, I grew up from a home like this, but this is me. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't feel like there's anybody out there that doesn't exactly have a story. And our parents, and I, I feel like our parents were in a time where you can't exactly blame them. I think I was at a point where I used to blame my parents. But I've, I'm, I'm serious. I used to be at a point where I, I used know, to blame I know. my parents. Yeah. And I think being able to actually realize and say, what would I have, like, what would I have done differently if mm-hmm. I were my parents? Sometimes I just, I, I, I don't know what to say. Like, Mm-hmm. I ran out of responses. Well, that's... 
I was actually that's funny enough. I was having this conversation with my with my brother, and uh, I would say, well, there is the common like teenager phase where you're you're really like hating your parents, mm-hmm. and then I think you reach a point where you now come back and okay, the teenager phase is important because you. I don't I just know. say before you finish, mm-hmm. some people carry this teenager stage. Yes. To adulthood. Yes. To their 30s, to their 40s, no to their doubt. 50s. No doubt. No doubt. It takes a lot of maturity to reach the point where you give your parents grace. Um, That's the word. Yeah. But I feel like it's also important to have the hate phase because I think as kids, we see our parents as, uh, you know, superheroes or like perfect people. And the the hate phase allows us to to judge, which is I mean it could be considered bad, but I think it's good because you get to now see what they did wrong, and that's where you get people you know like oh, my parents did this, and I don't want to do the same to my kids. So or just there's certain traumas that I got from my parents, mm-hmm. like let me heal, and that's actually how I judge whether someone is going to be a good parent or not. If they're intentional, I guess, mm-hmm. in how they approach, I don't know, like the future. Um, yeah, yeah, just like the future, like being intentional about, okay, um, I'm doing this because of a certain trauma from the past. How yeah. do I heal from it? Yeah. And like, I don't know, move forward. I don't feel like for me it was really easy when I got to that just understand that that some of those questions you really you really can't answer mm. but you also cannot blame your parents mm-hmm. and I and I feel like I really started understanding my dad or my mom when I started putting myself almost in the same shoes that they existed mm-hmm. compromising situations and seeing how difficult it was for me to like really get a response for myself or mm-hmm. like ask myself can I can I you know, what should I do mm-hmm. should I you know, try it out or did this person or do those things. Or like, you know, different situations, whether it has to do with whether it has to do with like money or anything. Um guys, please stop, 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 please. I'm not I'm not doing this. I'm really not doing this. I, I don't have to go, you can't ask for me. That's not I'm sorry. I'm I'm really sorry. I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, we can pause that or whatever, but I really feel like I'm insisting because can we have the screen up? I don't know what I was saying. I know you're okay. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I don't I don't I just allow us to talk and then we'll be settled on what you're like. We don't Safe need. space. Yeah. No, I just got really bored, but then I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say it? Yeah. Like, like money or anything, right? So it's just around that, putting yourself in your parents' shoes. Um, in so many ways, and sometimes mm-hmm. I think we we really ne- neglect that in our like day to day living. 
mm-hmm. and you find someone who tell you, I'm not continuing my friends. I do know that I've had conversations with some of my friends and they talk about how intense they are, like what their parents have done leads to who they are. Um, and how they now start treating other people and how people see them. They're not exactly understanding where it comes from, mm-hmm. especially those environments. Mm-hmm. But I think when it comes to just, you know, the way we treat our parents or the way we think of our parents, um, it, it just goes back to simple things. It's like getting angry with your dad for leaving your mom. Mm-hmm. And then you, you pick up with someone else and you don't know how that person feels. Mm-hmm. You get it? So there are just so many ways or different things that we really just always have to like contextualize. Mm, true. Because the, the, the truth of the matter is usually there's a lot of things that your parents had to deal with in the moment that you don't take account of when you're thinking of it like now. Like your parents are human. True. They are human. And especially if there's, I don't know, I guess in my case it's more just like the the genocide side of it yeah. right so they had to deal with that uh you know losing possessions yeah. having to live in a refugee camp all of that yeah. so there's a lot of contextual um cues that we don't take account of especially when we're thinking yeah because exactly. you, you're just like oh man they could have just done better but you're thinking of it in now as in like i know what i know now yeah. but they didn't know it then Exactly. And they were dealing with a bunch of other shit that you don't think of now. Exactly. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's just really about like giving your, your parents grace. Uh, I think also for me, it's just how easy it is when you... I think for me, letting go of, of like that fear of like, you know, that bondage. Because I, I think of it like bondage. Mm-hmm. Really easy, so many things for you. You get to understand why you get to figure out how you didn't get to know what to do mm-hmm. because you're like it's true that these situations existed right but you really would not know how to adjust it for yourself mm-hmm. moving forward if you don't put yourself in context mm-hmm. or understand why and i mean understanding why it's not like as seen oh i forgive you because mm-hmm. you know the bible says like forgive. <laughs> um but even understanding why that we have to forgive people. I don't mm-hmm. think I want to live with bodies in my heart or mm-hmm. worry every day as to see why, why, why. Like, no. Like, I want mm-hmm. to understand why. But I feel like for me, that's every day. Sometimes I persist on situations or I'm, I'm very intense about certain things because I want to understand why. When I understand mm-hmm. why, it's easy for me to let go. Mm-hmm. And people have different ways as to how they let go. But for me, it's just always understanding, like, why. And understanding my environment and it, it really just helps. Exactly to even knowing what I probably would want in my own marriage. Mm-hmm. Get. So, yeah. Wait, hold on. Understanding why they did something. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. But you can't, you can't really understand that. You can't really understand that unless you... I don't know. Contextualizing, you can't really understand it in as much as you talk to them. Like, it's a lot better to talk to the people yeah. in question and ask them than just um, contextualizing something because you make a lot of assumptions when you are contextualizing as compared to you know asking someone and they explain to you. Actually, I've seen that's the issue with, um, I don't know, like you'll get into disagreements with people because 
they thought you meant something by something and really it wasn't really something yeah so like um you say something and they take it personally and you have to come back and be like bro that's not really what i meant like it wasn't that deep to me and also i think i think one thing that has saved me of recent is assumptions and expectations we do mm-hmm. that a lot with our parents assuming that that, that situation did not hurt them mm-hmm. you get assuming that it wasn't difficult for them assuming that they even knew what was happening or they mm-hmm. knew the effect that's so many decisions that we make nowadays take for example even this podcast we don't even know the effect of this podcast on us individually mm-hmm. but here we are talking right and it will be very funny to assume that we knew it right but in the future we'll be like oh we didn't know about like those mm-hmm. different things but it's usually about how where you are right now how do you root it from that spot mm-hmm. it's good to look behind and be like wow i look at the past and it's you know it's tough Mm-hmm. You know, crazy. But how do I take the past? Starting the, I think the present is really just a lot. And when I, I'm like, the podcast I'm listening to, I'm not gonna give him free advert. <laughs> but he mentioned about how the present was it the, the one you told me about? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, the present is peace. The future is um anxiety. The past mm-hmm. is depression. It just cool. probably tells you that Deep. when you keep reflecting, there is just so much that you did even yesterday, even this morning mm-hmm. that didn't stand right. Like even one minute ago, mm-hmm. I think I did something one minute ago that when I have to reflect now, I'm like, oh, I probably would have just, you know, mm-hmm. allowed it, like let go. Mm-hmm. And that's already thinking about it, sets an emotion, start thinking again and then start thinking and then mm-hmm. depression sets in. Mm-hmm. But it's in the present. So you think about the present. I know that there are so many situations that you can't have control over. Mm-hmm. There's so many things that happen that, and I feel like those are things that we as human beings as well need to let go of. And for us, as I would say, youths. <laughs> We fear, we assume, we expect, and then we now feel like we have control. And so when we have control, we feel like we like can't do these things. And then I feel like for me these days, learning how to let like allow like remove take up that control from me has really like mm. eased things up. Like I can't be in control of the situation. Mm. And so if it's bad, I just tell myself it's bad. And I'm mm. so that it's bad. Mm. Right. And if it's bad and I'm feel that at the moment, there's something I can do. Then instead of screaming, the room is on fire, the room is on fire, you get it? I should be like, oh, okay, probably I, there's a bucket of water beside me. Or mm-hmm. I might die and I might say my last prayer, okay, okay, Lord, just thank you for my life. Mm-hmm. This is how I transcend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get it? Mm-hmm. But it's just a lot. It's just a lot. It is hard to switch from the point of control, though. Like, to switch from the point of wanting to always control everything to the point of saying like okay now i'm letting go and um i think that's one of the hardest things that probably all of us go through like yeah how to let go yeah how to let go but it is it is i'm curious how do you figure out well how do you let go i guess is it the simpler question i think i forgive yeah i think i forgive um for me, I must have a conversation, right? Sorry about that. I just have to, like, I need to have a conversation. And I think, why I need to have a conversation? Because I think, like I said before, it helps me to understand why, mm-hmm. right? And no matter what the situation is, I feel like one thing that I always yearn for is a conversation. And I don't think I've exactly had proper conversations with my parents, mm-hmm. proper conversations with my brother. Mm-hmm. And I think every Big. time I have conversations with my brother, Big. Uh-huh. Yeah. He really eases things up for me because he 
he's married, right? Mm-hmm. And he's older than I am. And I would say he's the first child. He had lived in the context earlier than I existed. I'm mm-hmm. the last. I don't know what happened. I came out of a Gen Z. Maybe I'm a Gen Z. I don't know what this generational things are called. <laughs> but I do feel like um, also the fact that my brother does not undermine me. He does not see me as a child. Mm-hmm. really helps. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say, oh, that's on the call. He doesn't push the conversation away, which I feel like a lot of adults do. And we start, we are now doing that. If someone wants to have a conversation with you, you keep running away. You're like, nah, nah, nah. like skipping it. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes you don't even know what you're doing to yourself and what you're doing to this person. Mm-hmm. Right? So in a kind of way, whatever the situation is, also time, time is such a big factor for me. I think sometimes I forgive people, um, but I don't, I just don't know how to let go. I find myself continuously like, you know, thinking about that you annoyed me and mm-hmm. I that. I, I've, I've just learned to give it time. Can you forgive without letting go, though? Can I forgive without letting go? I think it depends on what, what you define as letting go. Because it's true. I do feel I'm, I'm big on chances. I give people a lot of chances. Right? But for me, it gets to a point where I'm like, I can no longer accept. Mm-hmm. Right? So no matter what you do, it's not like I'm going to come and punch you or something. You know? mm-hmm. I just don't accept it all the way in. Mm-hmm. And usually that time allows me to understand and allows me to contextualize, like, contextualize and see why what you're doing and everything. And then um, get to learn from the situation. And also, it has really helped me not to put the blame on other people. Mm-hmm. Right? Letting go has really just made me put myself in the situation. I'm like, what would I have done? And if it's my personal situation with that person, I'm usually like, what did I do wrong on my own end? Mm-hmm. Because now I'm, not, I'm not thinking of the Thinking of it from the point where the person was was acting, mm-hmm. I'm seeing it from like a reaction point of view. I'm like, how this person was reacting to what mm-hmm. I did. Right, right, right. So I'm asking myself, what did I do that made this person negative? Mm-hmm. And sometimes we are so easy to put the blame on other people. Mm-hmm. So these days, no blaming. That helps. Don't blame. Um, understand the situation. Have a conversation if necessary. Question things, and give it time. It's 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 not gonna be easy, but I think. For me, time really helps. That days when I break down and I'm like, this is tough. This is tough. That moment when you look at the person or you think about the situation, it, it's so intense that you, you, just, you just need to give time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you look at it and you're, like, you're laughing about it. You're like, <laughs> and then it, you take a minute for you to be like, am I not laughing about this situation? Like, that's not me. That's not me. Because for me, I used to be like, for me before, I was such a big poker. I'll remind you, like, even at home, I, I tell you. Those are the worst people. Yeah, I will remind you. You smashed my toe the other day. That's why I went <laughs> late. I won't, like, and in my mind, I'll be like, oh, I've forgiven you, but I'll be like, mm, before you smash my toe again. Mm. Like, <laughs> I put it to your face uh-huh. Uh-huh. every time. That's me. Mm. But I think in a kind of way now, I don't know. How do you let go? I think we should close on that. How do, how, how do I how let do go? You let go? He let go. <laughs> um, honestly, I, okay. I think I operate from a point of view where I already don't take a lot of things seriously. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> so I think... Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's necessarily like a coping mechanism, defense mechanism, whatever the case may be. But, <laughs> but guys, that's that's just that's so yeah. <laughs> but I, I think um, yeah. So operating from that point of view, you already save yourself a lot of um, 
a lot of trouble. Yeah. Even though I still do struggle with it. Like yeah. I still do struggle with um having, you know, people say some dumb shit and I take it personally yeah. or um you know, something happening to me and I don't know, it keeps like annoying me continuously. Mm. But I think switching my mindset from a point where I felt like everything needed to be taken seriously yeah. to now move to a point where I don't take anything seriously. Mm. And for me, that's why a, a, lot of, a lot of stuff for me is not that deep. Yeah. So even the things that people take, you know, really, really super seriously, I'm just like, eh, it's not that deep because it isn't. Mm. To be honest, it some, isn't. Some, some situations are not that deep. You just see them and you let go. I think that's good though. It, that's good for like immediate things. Like you just let True. go and you fix it. There's some things that we're talking about things that actually need to like be of the end. So yeah. Yeah. Let's let's end it there. <laughs> it's been a very deep episode. It let's let's been. let's very, let's stop it there. Deep. Yeah. Well, see you all on recent yeah. things and talking. Yes. Just having deep conversations. Day. Yeah. Yeah. See you all on the next episode. See you. Bye. This was unmuted. Remember next time when you walk into a room, unmute.